Thanks for joining me for another episode of the MicroConf Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Walling, and this week we are doing a tactics episode where we pull the audio from one of my recent YouTube videos. I push 52 YouTube videos a year, just like 52 episodes of Startups for the Rest of Us and 52 episodes of the MicroConf Podcast. But this week we're going to be looking at how I raised $108,000 in, I believe it was 23 days. The title of the video says 30 days, but I think the Kickstarter was 23 days, and this was for my book, the SaaS Playbook. You've heard me talk about it on this show before. SaaSPlaybook.com. If you haven't got your copy yet, you can go to Amazon as well and Audible and all those places. But this is an interesting walk through that process. It's the first Kickstarter I've ever run. And my ambitious stretch goal was to get to six figures, to get over 100,000. And I really appreciated all the support in helping me get there. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know about our MicroConf Mastermind program. If you listen to this show, you know that I've talked a lot on this podcast about how important masterminds have been to my own success. But finding the right founders for your mastermind group can be very hard. Over the past few years, my team at MicroConf has successfully matched more than a thousand founders into mastermind groups by looking at revenue, team size, strengths, goals, and several other data points to make sure your peer group is the right fit. Once you're matched, you'll also have access to our mentorship series, a three-month program where you can connect with some great minds in sales, business development, marketing, and more. If you're looking for accountability, honest feedback about your business, and the opportunity to make new friends that care about your company and your success, you can learn more at microconf.com masterminds. So with that, let's dive into the video. In my career as a software entrepreneur, I've sold millions and millions of dollars worth of software. And then as a hobby, I've backed almost 300 Kickstarters, but I had never run a Kickstarter myself. And if you know me or you know this channel, you'll know that in addition to building, launching, growing, and selling SaaS companies, I have now written four books about being an entrepreneur. But prior to this, I've always launched my books with a landing page and a Stripe link. People could pre-order and then we'd print the books. But for the first time ever, I ran a Kickstarter just a couple of months ago. So in this video, I'm going to dive into the steps that helped me raise $108,000 on Kickstarter for my new book, The SaaS Playbook. I'm Rob Walling, a serial entrepreneur with multiple exits. I've written four books on building startups, including one that I kickstarted that we're going to talk about today. And I've invested in more than 150 companies. One question you might be thinking about, and it's one that I received frequently, is why run a Kickstarter at all? I could have put up a landing page, taken some pre-orders, and printed books. In fact, I've done that for multiple books before this one. But there were a few reasons why I wanted to delve into the world of Kickstarter. The first one is that I've always done paperback print on demand in the past. And in this case, I wanted to print hardcover books, which can take several months of lead time to get done. Really, if you go to Hong Kong or China, it's six, seven months to get books printed. And if you put up a landing page and you take someone's payment up front, you're really not supposed to charge a credit card six or seven months before you fulfill an order. So really what I wanted to do is take pre-orders in a way that fit within the confines of our financial system. So I really needed a pre-order system. And that's exactly what Kickstarter is. In addition, I wanted a lot of different tiers from $30 all the way up to $5,000, which is what we ended up with in the Kickstarter. So again, is there a system that exists in the world where you can put a bunch of tiers and allow people to choose from and it's just all baked in? That's Kickstarter. In addition, I wanted to take advantage of the community or the social network, if you will, 
of Kickstarter. I have reach into YouTube, into Twitter, podcast landscape, blogs. There's a lot of places where I have content. But although I've backed close to 300 Kickstarters, I have never run one myself. And I wanted to see if I could find new people, a new audience on Kickstarter, because it turns out about five to 10% of people who backed the campaign found me through the natural search on Kickstarter, telling me that they didn't come from my existing audience. And lastly, and perhaps most importantly, I'm an entrepreneur. I love learning new things. I love trying hard things and challenging myself to get better at them. Even if maybe I make mistakes, maybe I fail. I wanted to know what it felt like to run a Kickstarter since I've never done it. That's what we do as entrepreneurs, right? We take measured risks and running a Kickstarter was exactly that for me. Now, back in the day when I published my first book, Start Small, Stay Small, this is 13 years ago. I wrote the book, I did the layout, I designed the really ugly cover. I did all the project management work. I bought the ISBN. I wrote the marketing and the landing page copy. I submitted it to Amazon's print on demand and on and on and on. But that takes time. And if you're in that situation where you have the time to do it and you don't have the money to hire a team, just do it yourself. I've done this kind of stuff myself for conferences, for launching books, for launching software products. You have to grind it out in the early days. It just takes time, do the work. These days, of course, I'm running MicroConf and Tiny Seed, this YouTube channel. I'm putting out 52 podcast episodes a year, and I don't have all the time to do all the stuff I did for my first book. So in this case, I did hire a project manager who helped coordinate everything. Then we hired a designer, someone to do layout. And I'm at the point in my career where I do need to trade money for time. And if you're in that situation, that's great. But if you're not there yet, then put in the time. There's no excuses. Here's what I don't wanna see are YouTube comments saying, oh, you could do this because you have the money. I didn't have the money back in the day. And in fact, that first book has made low six figures for me in sales over the course of its lifespan. So for the first three books, I grounded out and you might need to as well. Let's dive into the six tips that helped me raise $108,000 in just about 23 days on Kickstarter. The first thing you have to focus on is a great landing page. We spent about 50 days developing the landing page and the video, and I wound up spending about $9,500 on contractors, folks who did graphic design. I had professional photos taken. I had a copywriter write a video script, and we really stayed on top of the project's timeline. And a copywriter wrote the landing page copy to make sure the timeline was communicated, the rewards were communicated. We spent a ton of time. Again, back in the day, I would have done all this myself, probably spent several weeks of effort. These days, I spent just under $10,000 to really make sure that the design and the copy was up to snuff and that the video production quality was high. Competition for great talent is more challenging than ever. Almost every startup I know struggles to hire fast enough to keep up with demand. In order to hire faster, you need a trusted source of pre-vetted candidates. Lemon.io is that source. They have an extensive network of engineers from Europe and Latin America, and every candidate has been tested and interviewed by their team. You're probably wondering, how is this different from hiring on your own? Number one, you can have an engineer who can start working within a week instead of months. Number two, you don't waste your time on unqualified candidates. Number three, you'll have easy access to global talent without going through dozens of job boards. And number four, it's more affordable than hiring local talent. So if you need to expand your engineering team or delegate some of your engineering work, use Lemon.io. We have a special discount for fans of MicroConf. Visit Lemon.io slash MicroConf to receive a 15% discount for the first four weeks of working with a developer. That's Lemon.io slash MicroConf. Tip number two is to build an audience. 
If you don't have an audience, I think running a Kickstarter is gonna be a challenge. You'll hear me say on this channel, if you're building SaaS, build your network, not your audience. But if you're selling a book, if you're selling information, you need to build an audience. I, I just don't see any two ways around doing that. So if you're gifted on the microphone, start a podcast. If you're gifted on video, start a YouTube channel. If you're great with written words, you have a blog, you can write books, you can be on Twitter, but I wouldn't run a Kickstarter without an audience personally. And once you have built that audience, doesn't need to be huge, doesn't need to be tens of thousands of people. But even if it's just a few thousand people who hang on your every word, if you run a Kickstarter, you need to communicate with them a lot. We sent about 10 emails plus a bunch of tweets. Most of the emails were pre-campaign or during the first week. And we used emails to educate my audience about what Kickstarter is, to ask them to sign up in advance, to explain why I was running a Kickstarter. And so people could get to know the platform such that the day it launched, we could fully fund the campaign. My goal was $20,000. I wanted to fully fund that within a few hours, certainly within the first 24 hours. And the good news is I think it worked because we really didn't have to do any customer support around Kickstarter or answering very many questions in the early days. We also asked people to spread the word. We had clear calls to action, asking them to tweet or let their audiences know, and a lot of people did. One thing to note, we spoke with several consultants who run Kickstarter campaigns and they were not gonna be valuable to us. They are more for folks who don't have audiences. So if you have zero audience and you need to build it from scratch fast, running ads and such, you might wanna get a consultant involved. I was wary of consultants who were gonna ask for a percentage of my campaign. So they wanted five or 10% or whatever that number is. But the problem is, is my campaign was gonna be funded almost instantly. And I thought that we could hit six figures, which we did. So it didn't seem to make sense that I would be sharing that with them when I could do that on my own because I did have an audience. Tip number three is something that I heard from several friends of mine who've run successful campaigns, and it's to keep the number of tiers to seven or fewer to avoid that paradox of choice. We offered a pretty wide range of tiers from $30 up to 5,000. And besides offering that wide range, I wanted one that was quite expensive to anchor the rest of the prices, even if we didn't sell any of those tiers. The other tiers that worked well for us were those with limited quantities. They were super engaging for the audience. So I believe we had limits of eight, for one-on-one -on -one consulting, we might have raised that later. And then we had a limit of say 12 for group calls. And I think there's an asynchronous group call for 25 people and those booked up very quickly. The fourth tip is a logistical one. It's that if you're going to ship physical products, have all of that ironed out in advance. We knew who was gonna print the book and which fulfillment house was going to ship the book before we even started the campaign. Therefore, we knew what countries we could ship to, what the costs would be, both for the books, for postage, for handling, all of that before the Kickstarter ever went live. Because if you're guesstimating it, you're gonna be wrong and you're likely going to go in the hole. You don't wanna owe money after you run your Kickstarter. So be sure that you really know your numbers going into your campaign. And a corollary to that is find a fulfillment center that knows how to work with crowdfunding campaigns. It will save you a lot of time and a lot of explaining. Tip number five is one I heard from friends and a couple consultants, and it's a launch on a Tuesday and end on a Thursday. I let my campaign run for 23 days. I was originally gonna let it run for about 16 because I thought that we'd get like 40% of the purchases on the first day or two and 40% on the last day or two and then 20% sprinkled throughout. But it was honestly a lot more than I expected, a lot more evenly dispersed. New backers were coming in daily and I am glad that we made the campaign run long. Something else to think about, especially if you have access to 
an audience is try to maximize the first day backing so that you hit your campaign goal quickly and you can potentially be featured on the Kickstarter homepage. We actually did the pre-announcement so people could sign up to be notified exactly when we launched and that allowed us to fund within a few hours of launching. I set my goal pretty low at 20,000. That was actually not as much money as I needed to, to pay for everything and to print the books, but I wanted to fund quickly. And the sixth and final tip is to think about an alternate way of taking pre-orders and how are you going to take orders the moment that your Kickstarter stops? Because what we found is there were a lot of people, like a dozen per day for the first few days after the Kickstarter ended, who wanted to continue backing the product. And so we went and set up a Squarespace shop because my website, SaaS Playbook, is hosted on Squarespace. Certainly you could use Shopify or WooCommerce or any other e-commerce platform. And we are still taking pre-orders. And that helped us for a number of reasons. There were some people who just didn't want to sign up for a Kickstarter. And so we sent them to sasplaybook.com. I didn't want to raise a ton of money that way, but I was able to filter a few people over there during the campaign. And then the moment that it ended, we were still making a lot of noise and we wanted to keep selling to those folks who found out later about the Kickstarter after it had closed. And even to this day, which is almost a month later, I'm still getting two, three purchases trickling through. If you're interested in checking out the book, you should head to sasplaybook.com. You can obviously order electronic copies and physical copies if you're in the US. The book will be available in physical form on Amazon in just a few months in fall of 2023. 